Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. Everyone's experience of becoming a mum is totally different. And my guest today, comedian and actor Ellie Taylor, has written about her journey from perfectly happy, child-free woman to mum of toddler with warmth and humour in her book, My Child and Other Mistakes. As I told Ellie when we chatted, her book really should be handed out in every antenatal class because it does a wonderful job of preparing you for the worst whilst also getting you excited about the best. Now, to be honest, I was expecting Ellie to come on and deliver a bunch of sharp, funny anecdotes about motherhood. But what we got instead was an insightful and thoughtful chat, which I think is really interesting because, of course, We're all multifaceted people with more than one set of emotions. So here is Ellie Taylor talking about her experiences so far with motherhood. And yes, yes, I did ask her about being in Ted Lasso, aka one of the greatest TV shows of all time. But you'll have to wait until near the end of our chat for that bit. Ellie, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Now, you're off the telly, which means that your life must be all glitz and glamour. So tell me what glamorous showbiz things you've been doing so far today. Um, well, I've batch cooked some lasagna. Um, I've done a load of washing. Um, I've hung out the sheets. I need to do another two loads of washing. Um, I also need to go and buy some olive oil. So it's all go. It's all go. I mean, you know, this is this is surely stuff that people like Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and that lot, they're, you know, this is their lives, right? I think so. I was thinking that the other day. Do you think they actually do go, do they go to the shops? At what point do you not go to the shops? Is it just like Kate Middleton who now doesn't go to the shops? But if you're Reese Witherspoon and you run out of olive oil, what do you do? I think you do because like in LA, you like you like drive to Whole Foods. And so it's almost like an experience, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's true. It's Whole Foods. I've just got Sainsbury's. That's all right. You know, that's that's all good. There we go. Um, Sainsbury's works. Um, now, you say in your book, your brilliant book, that becoming a mother was both massive and profound. And at the same time, mediocre and humdrum, which I think totally nails motherhood in a nutshell, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think the thing that, uh, I think is sort of the interesting thing about the book, which is the fact that it's not very interesting in that it's a story of uh, an ordinary woman who had an ordinary pregnancy and a very ordinary baby. Nothing 
extraordinary happened to me. And yeah, I think that is the story of so many women who have a baby and then are just sort of like, oh, well done. Karen's had a little baby boy. Lovely. Let's send us some brownies and move on with our lives. Went for Karen. She's like, oh my God, my life is imploding. It's both the most boring, mundane life choice to have a child. Like, who cares? Everyone has a bloody kid. Not everyone, but you know what I mean? Like, it's such a like a, a standard thing to do in life is to procreate um it's sort of just we just don't respect it in a way because it happens like what, in the uk like two thousand times a day so um yeah it's it's sort of nothing but at the same time for each individual person especially a woman who's had a baby this is profound and seismic and i think that is the duality um yeah, of parenting quite often it's sort of you know, these two things rub up against each other 10 times a day of oh my god will you just go to bed and also oh my god I love you so much I could physically burst and I can't imagine anything ever happening to you because my world would implode and I've only known you for a few years (laughs) (laughs) it's so true isn't it and you're like quite often you know if you, you know women who are pregnant it's like this huge huge thing and then somebody might come along and say to you and quite often not meaning it in a bad way but they'll say you know women were giving birth birth in caves and you know women have been doing this for for decades and for centuries and you know almost it almost kind of belittles it in a way but to you it's like like you've never had a human either you know extracted out of your abdomen or pushed out of your vagina I mean that's that's pretty big right yeah I saw a meme the other day that was talking about like I can't remember the, the, what the thing was around it. It's basically like your body becomes like a portal for a new soul. Like, oh my God, like that's, it's kind of big. Yeah, it's definitely the most, I, I think I've had, I've been very lucky and had a very nice, charmed life without any, or, you know, massive awfulness to speak of. Um, so I think easily, like this is just the most, the, the just the biggest most I can't there's no other word for other than profound it was, it was so profound the change um in my life having a child and I think the the biggest sort of realization which I hadn't anticipated before is it was that you don't just have a child you know you're given a child and then you're a mother it was a real process for me to become a mother um and um I talk in the book, I talk about um, matrescence or matrescence, I don't know how you say it, um, which is a term um, which I hadn't heard of until after I had a child, which I think is so important. And I think um, it's so important to have language to be able to explain how we feel. So matrescence, the idea of it, it was coined in the 70s by a, a psychotherapist, I think. I can't remember her name. Bad, bad, bad I can't remember woman. her name either, but yeah, but she, she exists. She exists, or existed, yeah. Um, and it's essentially the in the same way adolescence is this sort of um shift hormonal psychological physical from being a child to an adult and it's something that cannot be reversed that's the same process for um matrescence you go from a woman and you turn into a mother and again it's physical it's hormonal it's psychological and that sort of and it's different for everyone as well it's, uh, and it, it can be very affecting very up and down and I think once I read that I was like oh yeah like I wish I'd been told about that and just to sort of have that idea in my head that it would be a process and um I don't know I just I just think yeah giving me that language uh, I found really helpful it's so helpful and also I think it's really worth remembering that like adolescence and like pretty much everything in life 
Like no one, no two people's experience is the same. And so often with motherhood, you see people, you know, whether it's on like Mumsnet forums or on like Instagram or wherever, almost like fighting it out. And whether it is like basic, you know, kind of physical things like breastfeeding and the choices that you're making or whether it's just how you feel. I remember when, when my my eldest was about eight, seven, eight months old, I wrote a blog post which was basically saying, why did nobody tell me that motherhood is terrible? Like, you're, you've all lied to me. I had so many people like respond and say, we, we quite enjoy it. Like, we, we, we're, we're kind of loving motherhood. And I was like, oh, okay, right. Right. I guess it. Yeah. And it, even that's a learning, a learning curve, right? No one's experience is the same. Yeah, it blows my mind that anyone can like really enjoy the newborn bit. Me too. I don't, I do not understand that. But I have like a very good friend of mine was always like, yeah, the newborn bit wasn't so bad. And she found it harder going sort of now with the toddler, whereas I much prefer toddler. I'm much better at toddler. Um, yeah, I think there is so much passion around parenting and around, like you said, about how you did things. And I think, I mean, I think it comes from a good place if we go to the root of it, which is you are just so delighted. If something works for you and your child, you are so delighted because you feel like it's saved you. It's offered you salvation. Oh my God, white no- noise and a swaddle. Oh my God, everyone must use it because that is the answer. And it's like, you're so keen to spread like the good news, like it's the gospel that you forget that, yeah, not everyone's kid is the same kid. Uh, and I think especially when you have one kid like me, I wonder if it's different for you because you've got more than one. Do you, I think I, I find it very hard to remember that my child does not represent all children. Mm. I, it, she is not the definitive answer. The way she behaves is not how all children behave. That must be different when you've got more than one because you can really go, oh, they are so individual. Yeah. But um, so I had one child, I just, I had one child until she was eight. So I have the, I, I have that experience as well. Yeah. For eight years, I only had one child. Yeah. So I, I can totally relate to what you're saying. And then having twins is kind of interesting because you have two children at exactly the same age and you see that they're completely different. You know, in a lot of cases, they're completely different. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy just to be able to see the differences and that it isn't just one, you know, one version of childhood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but going back to before you were a mum, um, you were pretty happy not being a mum, weren't you? In fact, didn't you write a whole stand-up show about being happily child-free? I, uh, I yeah, I definitely wrote quite a bit of stand-up about it. Yeah, happily child-free, wasn't maternal, didn't, you know, didn't dislike babies, but I didn't want to hold one. No interest in that. Thank you very much. Much preferred cats. Um, and... Yeah, it's, um, I sort of got to the stage where I was sort of mid thirties and thought, crap, I guess if I'm going to do it, I should probably have a crack at it. But it was more of a sort of intellectualized decision than a, 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 you know, biological longing. Um, and then, yeah, sort of tried and then all oh, got pregnant quite very, was so lucky, got pregnant very quickly. Um, and, uh, and away we went. But now I love babies. And I would say I'm cooey, but I think that is more to do with the fact I'm looking at it, sort of looking at the mother more than the baby, if you know what I mean. I'm cooing over the mum because I know what it has taken to get there. And I just, I've just got a newfound respect for women 
not newfound, but like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's just exploded my love for women because of what, if you choose to be a mother, what you go through. Um, and, and also just the, the, the love that people go, you know, it's the most amazing love in the world when you have a child, blah, blah, blah. But to actually know that at, at the deepest level and to really get that is, um, I don't know, and you just know how much love there is around, how much, how much devotion there is that you haven't really clocked before. When you're at the playground, and you sort of see a knackered woman and she's on her phone, like, yeah, she's not the most engaged right now, but she would die for that child. She would, you know, she would do any, and just to actually, to know, to know that, to know that truly has just sort of, it just sort of shifts how you view the world, I think, a bit. It does, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, that's, it, it, it sounds like quite a sort of, hippy dippy airy fairy thing to say but it totally does I find myself seeing looking at new mums like you know in the park or wherever and I feel sorry for them not in a way of like oh my goodness you know what you've, you've made a terrible mistake that, not that kind of feeling sorry for them but just in that way of like I remember how tired you are and how especially if it's your first how hard it can feel like every day there's something thrown at you where you're like oh what do we do here and you know there's like a million options and you've got to just choose one and that's that's really hard yeah it is it's exhausting isn't it everything about the well i've only got one so i can't i i I would hope it gets slightly less anxiety inducing but maybe that's life if you have more than one but just the the initial like just all the decisions that what do they i find the clothes what the clothes how many layers does she need oh god and just packing everything and just oh god she's gonna have a shit fit and oh god she's gonna fall asleep in the car and there's just so much stress and there's a million decisions a day and it's exhausting and relentless and i think that was something that i wasn't quite prepared for which sounds stupid because you know it's not you know you're not doing it for two weeks it's it's forever but to, again to truly grasp that it's forever and it's not just a short-term project that you're working on you can't just work your balls off and then relax at the weekend there are no down days you don't get a day off and to again when you when you get it that's quite a oh god that's that's quite a tricky thing to truly absorb I think yeah oh my goodness I I have such a clear memory of like lying in the bath my eldest was probably about two months old and just crying and just feeling like this is it it's relentless relentless. like I I can't just like you know like pre-kids if you like go out on a big night out or you've had a really hard week at work and like loads of late nights you think oh well at the weekend it's fine so I'll just have a lie-in I remember lying in the bath thinking I can't even have a lie-in tomorrow like just like this is my life and it's not your life because you know that whole sleeplessness does pass but you're right. It's like a real moment of realisation, isn't it? Yeah. I think once I truly grasped that and tried to not resent it, which is, I think, something I, tr- I, I struggled with at the beginning, once I could let go of the resentment, that made things easier. And don't get me wrong, I would still like lions and all that, but there isn't the there's not so much friction. I'm not, like, resisting it if you just sort of go with mm. it and relax into it. I don't know, it just, it, it takes a layer of, of anxiety away, I think. You said, I, th- I think you said in your book that you looking back, you wonder whether you suffered from postnatal depression, hmm. um, but just didn't realise it at the time. Is that something that you've given much thought to? Or was it, is it almost like sort of like a passing thought that you're like, oh, well, maybe that happened? No, I think I've given a lot of thought to it because I wrote a book, which I think is such a, a privilege to be able to sit down and have time to 
to collect my thoughts and feelings and, you know, my experiences. And I, I feel so privileged that I've had that time because it's my job. And what other women get to do that? Like, it's a very fortunate position to be in where I've been able to see a sort of catalogue what I went through. And I think that has given me so much clarity. And I would recommend any woman to do the same if you, if, you know, if you like writing, if it's something you enjoy, then I would, get it out not necessarily to show anyone but honestly to to order your thoughts and to reflect back made me it sort of gave me the I don't know approval in a way to be like oh yeah I think that was probably what that was and I hadn't really properly considered it but when I put all put it all together you're like ah yeah you were really it was really hard it was really dark at the beginning and to be allowed to say that when I started saying I remember I sort of said I probably said it in a podcast and I thought oh my god am I overstepping the mark am I it's like am I entitled to use that term um but I'm like I'm like no no it's okay you're allowed you're allowed to say it I didn't go to the doctors I never got diagnosed with it but I think I think a lot of women would do the same they sort of fall through, through the cracks to be honest with postnatal depression and it's not it's not always you know going to the doctor and getting antidepressants I suppose there's there's different ways people would deal with it there is different sort of levels of it if you want to if you want to say like I don't know I also think that's maybe a good thing because in the book I talk about how hard I found the newborn days but it's sort of a normal woman talking about her experiences of it rather than a doctor going these are the eight signs you should look out for make sure you talk to yeah. a medical professional like it's not yeah I've taken it's not it's not professional it's not medicalized it's just someone talking about their experiences and I think I hope that 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 could be helpful to other women feeling the same to have it reflected back and to again to uh, allow them to see what it is um and I think again once you have the vocabulary once you can term things that can make things easier perhaps I think you're right. And I think a lot of women probably do fall through the cracks. And like you say, there's such a kind of sliding scale of postnatal depression. It's not like, ding, you've got it. Oh, you're fine. You're you know perfectly fine. I, I definitely, when, I, when my eldest was about 18 months old, I remember thinking, oh, I think I had PND, but I just didn't realise it. Like, I just thought that I was really shit at being a mum and that everyone else was like nailing it and I was struggling. Um, and it was only in hindsight that I, I think sometimes when you're in it, it's really hard to identify and therefore you don't go and ask for help. You don't yeah. go to the doctor or the you yeah. know the health visitor or yeah. whoever else because you don't realise. Because I also think I didn't have... I just thought this was it. Like I thought, like you were saying about, I've you know, in the bath that's it this is this is it forever and of course it's not it forever because your child isn't two months forever they change but at that time I couldn't see that I just assumed it feels mad now that I assumed this was it forever but I didn't know anything different and I couldn't see through it so I think having having the hindsight of you'll get through it and there is so much joy to be found on the other side of it all I really hope that that is something that women can take from the book as well because while I am very honest about how shit it was I really hope that they they see a light in it as well because there is so much so much fun and silliness and laughter once you get through this first imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I think what's so good about your book is that you describe even the shit bits with fun and silliness <laughs> and laughter. And I think that this is where I think a lot of people struggle because... You know, when when my eldest was little, I remember thinking, why did nobody tell me that it was this hard? And you don't want to be that person who's walking around saying to every pregnant woman, oh my goodness, being a mum is shit. You're going to really struggle with loads of things. You're going to feel terrible, no sleep. Like no one wants to be that person. That's not helpful. But you also don't want that kind of idealised kind of like, oh, hashtag blessed, you know, everything's great, you know, all the time. Aren't we just so lucky? Um, so I always think that your book is your book needs to be just like handed out at all NCT classes because it needs to be read during pregnancy, before the birth, before the baby's with us, and it just gives that really balanced, funny look at what is. I mean, it's a fairly ridiculous thing, right? Having a baby. I mean, it's mad. And I thank you. That's that's very kind of you. And I've had a few women message saying. Um, that it's been like they've been recommended it by their perinatal mental health team. And I'm like, oh my God, that is amazing that it's a resource in yes. a way. And I feel like... I bet you never imagined that when you were writing it. You never imagined never that. Never from like a tropical, you know, a proper medical person saying that. I think I really hoped it would be... I hadn't, I never termed it a resource in my head, but I suppose I, I, I always say I wrote the book that I wish existed. So... Yeah, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so glad that it's there. And I think when you're talking about you're not telling women or do you tell them it's awful? Do you not? It's funny, isn't it? Because I, I do think I flip flop on that because I'm like, I like to know everything. And I did a lot of research before and I sort of, some people are like that. Some people want to know everything. I wanted to know all the gory details, whereas some women absolutely don't. And I think, yeah, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky one. You don't want to lie to them, (laughs) but you want them to be prepared. But I also think to a certain degree, you just can't, you can hear it, but you can't know it. You can go, oh, it's going to be really hard and I'm going to be so tired in a, a sort of tiredness that I will never have known. And the way you are wrenched from sleep is, I oh my God, that it's like you've been ripped from the grave to like you swim up to consciousness to try and, and you're, I've never known that. And, you know, multiple times a night, it's a new way. And you can, again, you're, you can hear that, but you won't know what it feels like. So I think a lot of it just has to be something that you go through. I think so. And also everyone's tolerance levels and everyone's kind of, you know, judgment on how hard something is, is totally different. So 
two people, two women could go through the same experience. One could be like, yeah, it's all right. Another one's like, it's the hardest thing I've ever been through in my entire life. Yeah. You're like, I think I'm a bit of a wuss. So I think I do just struggle with things other women are a bit more badass about. Oh, don't say you're a wuss. I think, yeah, it's, oh no, don't say that. It's funny, isn't it? Like, you can't, yeah, you, you don't, I know what you mean. Like, I think in the way I, I recovered from a cesarean, I know like, for instance, my sister recovered much quicker than me and you go, where's my pain threshold? lower what's wrong with me but then I'm like no well if it is lower then it is lower it's not my fault it's lower I haven't chosen it to be low I don't know yeah I go around in circles with that as well but don't say you're a worse it's just it is hard you find hard what you find hard you do you do um now going back to your pregnancy what was that like were you like one of those women who just had like glowing skin and glossy hair and were kind of like oozing this sense of fertility <laughs> um I had a I had a very nice pregnancy to be honest um I had a bit of pelvic girdle pain and backache um but that was about it. I never fortunately had morning sickness. I had a bit of nausea in the first three months, but nothing a mini cheddar or two couldn't fix. Um, so I feel very, very lucky with, with how it was. Uh, and I really liked it, especially I loved having a bump. I loved having a big fat bump and I loved sort of waddling around. And yeah, I loved, I loved it. I loved being a wall of woman. I thought it was lovely. And I feel very lucky that I had such a nice experience. Although I'm sure my husband would be like, you're laughing, mate. Like you're totally lying <laughs> to yourself. What you're talking about? But I don't think. I remember like sleeping got annoying and having to like use my own knickers to like hoist myself up, sort of thing, because my pelvis hurt. I mean, that wasn't fun, and the weeing a lot that was annoying. Um, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's fine. And like even the, the not drinking and stuff felt like interminable. But then by the end, I would have occasion. I'd have a glass of prosecco or something, and. It all, you know, in the, I know in nine months is long, but also it's over before you know it in a way, isn't it? It is. And during the pregnancy, were you scared at all? I remember thinking in both of my pregnancies, thinking, oh my goodness, like this baby or these babies when it was twins, you know, they've got to come out somehow. Like there's no getting away from this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As soon as you find out you're pregnant, that's it. Well, it's like, well, one way or another, they've got to come. Um, I was scared yeah I was scared but I I was always kind of I always had hoped I would have a cesarean for some medical reasons and that came through in the end which was nice because then because I had I thought about I thought that would be the case for years that's how I'd always thought you know when I imagined what giving birth would be like it was always a cesarean in my head um and there was a time where I went to see a doctor to try and get that cesarean sorted and then they were like no I don't think you need one um, you should try vaginal birth at which point that that really freaked me out because I was like that is computer says no that is not how I've imagined things oh Christ oh yeah. Christ oh Christ but that's really important I think I think that how you picture something happening yeah that's a really powerful thing yeah yeah and in the end I got this I went to see a different consultant uh, and they granted me the cesarean and I, I I would I loved my birth the birth was everything I could hope for um just gorgeous and fun and joyful and there was Weren't music celeb spotted oh god yeah when i <laughs> mid-birth yeah sort of just as they were sort of prepping me so i'm on the table naked with the you know fanny out and then sort of i can't remember who it was someone in the operating theater popped their head over the curtain was like oh i really liked you on live with the apollo and i was like oh fuck. <laughs> oh fuck um and then i was like oh thank you thank you and then like the initial in the anesthesiologist, can't say it, uh, was like, 
don't worry, everything that happens here is completely confidential. I was like, okay, I hope he doesn't go and tell everyone what my bad bikini line shaving looks like. Sat there YouTubing, YouTubing you from the other end. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, apart, I mean, that was quite funny. If it gives me material, to be honest, I'm happy. <laughs> yes. Um, but it was, um, yeah, it was such a lovely experience. I feel really, really lucky for that. The recovery, not so magical, but I, I, I do like to separate the, the separate the two because the, the yeah. birth itself was, I feel so lucky that it was everything I, I hope for and more, to be honest. Reading you describe, um, trying to stand up, trying to get out of your bed for the first time after having your cesarean, it just brought back so many memories. I had the exact same experience of just like, like, how am I ever going to walk again? Like, yeah. how can, I can't even shuffle to the loo yeah. without literally feeling like my insides are about to drop out. Oh my God. It felt, yeah, it was the most pain I've ever known. Um, and again, I've done a lot of research on it. And then it was sort of a lot of people going, I mean, cesareans are bad, but you know, not too bad sort of thing. And then obviously the occasional woman going, oh, I found it very hard. But I was like, oh, well, fingers crossed, I'll be all right. My sister was all right, I'll be all right. But uh, no, shocker, no, it wasn't. I found it really, 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 really painful. Also, in hindsight, I did things I shouldn't have done. I, I, I was sort of cajoled into leaving after a night in the hospital and I should have stayed too. I did not have the mobility to deal with a flat, you know, a proper horizontal bed at home. Um, I didn't get any pain relief when I left. They wouldn't give me any. Again, so I thought that was sort of normal. In hindsight, I should have advocated for more pain relief, although I really don't think a woman who's just had a baby should have to negotiate for something stronger than ibuprofen. Um, mm. um, so all these things, like if I if I had another kid, I would know more. That's the annoying thing just about living, isn't it? You have to go through shit to know shit. You do, you do. And talking of shit, I'm sure I've heard you talking about your first post-birth poo oh that that glorious bastard <laughs> yeah first per- first post-birth poo was quite the ordeal I think everyone who has a kid the the first poo is scary because if you've had a vaginal birth then god knows what's going on down there if you've had a cesarean you're scared about exploding your scar you've also got loads of drugs in your system so you're so constipated and backed up um yeah the first poo was a few days out, maybe three or four days afterwards, I've had a kid. That's a long time, right? a long right? time. There was a, <laughs> a lot of, you know, post-birth toast <laughs> going around. Yes. So um, I was like, I was feeding my child. She was on my boob and I was like, oh God, I think I need to go and cry. So then I went to the toilet, but I didn't, she was feeding the whole time. Birth, the, I felt like I'd vaginally given birth to this massive poo. <laughs> And it was so big, I flushed it. Like, and to birth it was like, it was like I had to hypnobirth it out. It was so intense. Flushed it thinking I've done it and the poo wouldn't go down. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Me and my husband do not, we try and keep an air of mystique around bathroom activities, right? So it's not like, can you go and help me? I just couldn't, I should have, of course, I just had a freaking cesarean. But I was like, yes. no, no, me like bleeding and like weeping from everywhere. No, I've still got to keep Mystique alive. I've got to be sexy, yeah. got to be sexy. <laughs> so then what I ended up doing to break it up was while the child was still on my boob the whole time, I knelt down and I put a hotel shower cup over my hand and I used a pincer motion to break up my own turd 
to then flush it down the loo <laughs> while oh recovering goodness. from a cesarean in so much pain child never broke latch thank you very much where's I mean, my OBE wow but oh my goodness yes Christ alive but yeah it, I, I met a lady at um, a baby shower she'd had a cesarean I was talking to her about my first um, post birth boo she said she also had quite an ordeal her one wouldn't go down so what she did was put it in a plastic bag she fished it out put it in a plastic bag wrapped it in more plastic bags and gave it to her husband and said put this in the outside bin don't ask me what it is <laughs> and to this day he has never asked it? it yeah he did it <gasps> didn't ask and there it went <laughs> What was going through his mind? Like, what was he like? Like, what would earth? What did he think it was? Oh my goodness! Just do anything that the crazy crying lady says. I think. <laughs> um, speaking of crazy crying, I'm laughing so much that my mascara and eyeliner is just streaked across my face now. So that's good. Um, how did you feel your life shift when you became a mum? Were there things like what were the things that you most felt were different in that kind of newborn first year? Let's say. Uh, I think it was the um, the obvious one, the lack of freedom. And I remember people asking me when my babe was like a few weeks old, oh, do you want to come and like record this podcast? And I'm like, no, I have a, I have a baby. Like, we, we can come to you. Well, no, you I don't know what she's going to be up to. Just the lack of certainty about when she would sleep, when she'd be awake, how I would be feeling. Everything seemed insurmountable. Um yeah, I remember there were a few bits of work, like, yeah, we'll, we'll send people to your house. It's okay. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't cope with that. Absolutely not. The idea of ever going out and doing anything and always having to race home, that was sort of a real, a real shift. Um, and it's still sort of something I'm getting used, not getting used to, but something I'm really aware of now. I look at like younger girls on the night out and go, oh, just the freedom of, yeah, you can do what you want. And you don't, you don't appreciate it till you don't have it. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I, I, I kind of think back to, you know, weekends, like Sundays, just like wandering around some kind of like Ponzi farmer's market and going for a coffee and just, or like a mass of roast in the pub. Yeah. And, and then back to like watch some box set on the telly. Yeah. You know, that's what I look back and think, oh, those were the oh. days. They were the days, weren't they? Yeah. But I mean, things are better now she's three and that like we can watch a movie together, which is, it's all these little, yeah. little That's things. That's a real moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like they get incrementally better and you like sort of see the future and, you know, we can go to a zoo and she's interested. And even like, I remember when she could finally walk and I could take her to the play park, like, oh my God, like I don't have, like she can actually do something. It felt like I, I could oh my, a whole new world opened up because she could go down the slide. <laughs> yeah, I think three is such an amazing age. And I know that it's hard. It's such a hard age because, you know, ultimately they get very upset over tiny things and they shout and scream at you. Well, mind you anyway. Uh, here I am assuming that every every uh, three-year-old is the same. Um, but it's that thing where they're discovering new things and just watching the joy in their face as they as you see them experience things. It's just absolutely mind-blowing yeah I've been away from her for a lot lately so um I showed her on FaceTime I said I've bought you something she's like what is it mummy and I showed her and it was like some plasters that ba- baby shark plasters she reacted like she just won the people's postcode lottery like she <laughs> I was so excited and it makes you excited it was like yeah I've got the right plasters yeah and you just feel like yeah it's just it's just really cute and yeah really magic isn't it and people always say you see the the world through their eyes but it's true you really do and it's yeah. lovely it's really lovely yeah it's so nice it's so nice tell me your thoughts on mum guilt because obviously you 
you know, you, you must work away from home quite a bit with your job and have spells where you don't see your daughter. Um, but you have got quite quite firm thoughts on the whole mum guilt yeah, notion. Yeah, I hate you? the term. I hate the term mum guilt because it's gendered and it's sort of just become this thing that we say now. Oh, mum guilt, got the mum guilt. Mum guilt's real. No, it's guilt or it's nothing. Don't say mum. You don't have dad guilt. I've got dad guilt. Feel guilty if you want, but don't don't gender it. That really annoys me. It's like another thing to bash ourselves over the head with. Um, and I certainly do feel bad sometimes when I'm away. So I've just been away from her for three and a half weeks, which is way too long. It was the longest I've ever done. I don't want to do that again. It was too long. Two weeks I can cope with. We're both fine with that. Three and a half. I don't think it was fair on either of us. Um, and I do feel guilty I do feel guilty that with that. And I don't, I, I, I would hope that's not, it's not because of my mother, it's because of my parent. Um, and it's, it's all partly, it's also not just guilt. I just miss her. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I just want to hang out with her. She's my favorite little person. So I want to watch Toy Story 2 endlessly with her. Um, so I really do try not to feel the guilt thing. I suppose if I'm, maybe it's different for me because I am used to longer periods of way away when I do a night or two or even an evening, it feels like nothing now because in yeah. comparison. Um, and I remember listening to Paloma Faith talk about work and kids and how she says to her child when her kid's like, why do you have to go? And she says, well, mommy has to go to work to be able to, you know, pay for a house and buy things for you. And also working makes mommy happy. And I thought that's, I've never framed that with her so I've started to say that with her so she you know it's not all negative and I think that's important to know uh, but then I you know I do go like I don't I wish I did I wish I could stay with you but mummy also has to go to work and mummy likes working so it's it's a tricky balance but I, I really hope that while it is difficult when she's older she will think it's kind of cool that her mum did stuff like this I hope um, I mean, I don't know. You've got to give your child some sort of childhood. They've got to grow up some way. They can't grow up in a vacuum. So one way or another, you're going to fuck them up. So. <laughs> so true. It's so true. Um, have you read Philippa Perry's book on that? I ha- I've, I've started listening to it. Yeah. I haven't finished all of it. So yeah. good. So good. It, to me, that's like the one. I mean, okay. Your, your book's good. <laughs> but if I was to recommend one book, yeah. one, just one book yeah, for yeah. parents to read, it's that yeah. because it's just got so many nuggets um it's brilliant um before we finish up la can we just briefly talk about ted lasso sure because there are a few shows there are a few shows which bring like so much warmth and joy and like we need warmth and joy right now don't we um and that is one of them i just think that i I don't think i've ever mentioned that program to anybody and not had the reaction of them going oh my god it's so good yeah it's so lovely i hadn't anticipated i imagine no one involved in it anticipated quite how strongly the feeling is towards it yeah and it's one of those shows where you know i like it my husband likes it my parents like it my sister likes it my parents friends like it like all these different people enjoy it and i don't think i've really been part of a show like that before that has sort of been just unanimously um, appreciated so it's it's really lovely and it is exactly that it's warm it's kind uh it's got so much heart to it and he's so funny it's so funny so yeah it's a glorious thing to be a tiny part of and i'm so oh. lucky yeah i feel very lucky yeah yeah just yeah well thank you for for being part of something that has just helped just brought that that joy to so many people so 
well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind the parenting stuff. <laughs> this is the real achievement. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Um, listen, Ellie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been wonderful. Um, where can people, apart from Ted Lasso, where can people find you online to um, hear more from you? Yep, so I'm uh, Ellie Jane Taylor on Instagram. That's where I'm usually lurking. And my book, um, My Child and Other Mistakes, is out already in hardback, but it's um, out in paperback in the middle of March. And it's on Audible. And my mum always says, Ellie, can you make sure that you say the book is funny and not just serious? And I'm like, okay. It's so funny. Thanks, it's 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 proper laugh out loud funny, and I think that's what makes it so brilliant. Thank so you. yeah, thanks. Dear. Your mum's right. Yes, thank you. <laughs> She'll be pleased <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ellie. Pleasure. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter pretty litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness it's the world's smartest kitty litter Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.